Welcome back to Love Lindsay, a captivating podcast that delves into the realms of our past and embraces the cringy nostalgia that accompanies it. Today, we're going to jump right into the final part of a three-part episode stream where I talk about three blog posts that kind of go together that I wrote um, on my blog that talk about how I met my husband, what our first date was like, and when we said I love you for the first time at the Playboy Mansion and things that were going on in my life and his life at the same time as well. I've had so many people tell me that they literally binged this podcast and they cannot wait to hear the rest of this story. So although I have an episode recorded with my first guest, I want to go ahead and give you guys this one first to kind of close it out. So this episode, I'm going to be reading a blog post about Eddie and I's first date. And I told you last week, a little hint that somebody gets arrested. I wasn't going to say who. So without further ado, I'm going to read to you. I was arrested on our first date, a blog post written August 26th, 2019. And as per usual, I wrote this blog post when I was 35, but the things that are happening in this blog post happened when I was 23. Let's go. During the summer months of 2007, I spent many hours messaging back and forth between a handsome soldier named Eddie while he was deployed in Iraq as an airborne ranger. Once home for a brief mid-tour leave, he booked a flight to see me in Michigan, and we were going to finally find out if we liked each other in person as much as we did from the opposite sides of the planet. I was floating on air in the days before his scheduled arrival. He had a great time with his family in California, but other than that, war is never a fantastic experience for anyone, and I was ready to give my man some R&R with a side of sweet stuff. So I'm discussing on here, by the way, how he flew to California first to visit his family, to film an episode of Girls Next Door, and then um, he spent his last three or four days with me at the end of his two-week R&R leave, which is something that you get while you're deployed in the military. I wore a black Calvin Klein dress and sandals that had jewels glued to the straps, With my cover girl, this is a pre-Sephora Lindsay, pre-Sephora era. So, you know, just the cover girl, what was it? Powder liquid foundation, powder and liquid in one, pretty cakey. It was popular back then. I had a matching underwear set and my trusty hair straightener, and I got ready for the big moment of meeting at the airport. He was even wearing his uniform. And because God was looking out for me, it was a sunny, warm September day and his flight arrived right on time. And he was divine, blonde and tan from his time in the desert, sturdy and rugged in his uniform. What? Sorry, I was daydreaming. What was I doing? Oh, yeah, I was talking about the day we met. Gathered with some of my friends, we went out to eat and then spent the night out at my favorite bar in Easttown called Mulligan's. Everyone was buying him shots because how could you not for a lone soldier in a Midwestern bar? We also went to my favorite post-bar eatery, Yesterdog. You've seen the movies American Pie, right? They do feature that on there. I was floating on air 
the cloud nine kind, not the intoxicated kind. At least I didn't think so. I cut myself off after a couple drinks, a couple beers to be exact. And not too long into the night, we were ready to head home. We said our goodbyes and headed home to my princess bedroom. On the road home, we listened to my iPod and talked excitedly about our plans for the weekend. Dinner with my family was happening the next night. But other than that plan, the world was our oyster. And by the way, I think we were probably listening to my iPod that was connected to either an FM transmitter or a cassette tape that had a little aux cord coming off of it. So that's old school as fuck. Crossing over the drawbridge to Grand Haven, we cut into the park on a road I deemed a quote-unquote shortcut. Maybe I did have something to hide after all because waiting in that dark park was a cop with his lights out. Hiding in wait for others who fell for the old shortcut trick. Did I mention I had a taillight out? Because I had a taillight out and did nothing about it for weeks. Also, did I mention I had lost my driver's license recently? I had lost my driver's license after a night out and recently, recently, and again, did nothing about it. And I didn't lose it as in it was taken from me. I just lost the actual, like, ID card. I was just using my passport to buy beer and didn't make going to the Secretary of State a priority. And that was completely irresponsible on my part. That's what I was thinking when I saw the cop car light up behind me and slowed to a stop on the side of the road. Fuck. My heart was pounding. I had a taillight out and didn't have my driver's license with me, and I figured I was going to get a lecture from the officer, or worse yet, a ticket. I was mortified, but it was about to get a whole lot worse. Once he stepped up to my window, the boozy bar smell wafted out to him, and I think I was doomed at that first moment. He shined his light into the cab of my car and inquired where Eddie was from and what he was doing here in his uniform, because apparently that's a major priority to ask first. Not like, who are you driving? Who's this guy in his uniform? Anyway, I don't remember what the cop was doing when I explained that I didn't have my license on me and why I had a taillight out, which is why I was pulled over. But I'm sure the cop was rolling his eyes. So you guys, I was pulled over for a taillight that was out. I wasn't like flipping my car or like swerving or anything like that. The next part is fuzzy, so bear with me. So I was either asked to get out of my car or did a breathalyzer first. I don't remember which, but the conclusion was the same. I had gone over the limit of what was quote unquote safe amount of alcohol to drink before driving and I broke the law. I was absolutely ashamed and dumbstruck. Never in a million years did I think I would meet a great guy like Eddie on a lark, but never in a trillion years did I ever think I'd be arrested and took to jail on a date. I had no prior record. This was not normal for me. You guys, I don't even think I had a speeding ticket at this time. The other thing that wasn't normal is that Eddie somehow blew a zero into the breathalyzer, which was broken, according to the cop, and so was the one at the... They're supposed to also take you to a courthouse to do an official breathalyzer and like a bigger machine. And both of those were out of commission. So after drinking all night, Eddie drinking all night, and his tolerance being so low from being deployed and not drinking at all and people buying him multiple shots, it just didn't make sense. But neither did this entire situation. Like, how did Eddie blow a zero? Seriously. The officer gave control 
of my car over to Eddie and he was on his own in the middle of the night in a new place where he didn't know anyone. He was okay though. Cause he's a ranger for crying out loud. So just if you can imagine Eddie flying to Michigan, he didn't even know where Michigan was before this to meet this girl. He's been talking to for like three months and then several hours into your first night together, she gets pulled over and she gets arrested. And now he has to drive my piece of shit Nissan Altima around a town. He doesn't know where he's going. He doesn't know how long I'll be in jail. Just all around. Not cool. How stupid could I be? I was, was falling in love, causing me to lose all of my morals and putting everyone in danger. I won't go into how deep and dark those thoughts got, but there were, they were happening all at once. I was scream crying on the side of the road in my cocktail dress and handcuffs. My life was over as far as I was concerned. Eddie got into the driver's side of my car and tried telling me it would be okay. I was not okay, however. I was taken to the drunk tank and booked. I would give anything to have my mug shot from that night, but we'll just have to use our imagination because actually I feel like I probably kind of looked hot. They fingerprinted me and made me take all my jewelry out, including earrings and belly button ring. And I recall pieces of my bejeweled sandals falling off. Sidebar, I kept the broken pieces of the gemstones from those shoes and they made an appearance on my wedding brooch bouquet. I had to put on nasty prison sandals and I was locked up with two to three other women. I just felt so out of place. One woman in particular took pity on me and was my counselor for that tragic night and next day. I cried on her lap and she soothed me and told me it was going to be fine. I tried explaining to her that I didn't think Eddie would stay. I thought for sure he was going to abandon my car, find his way to the airport and go back to California. He couldn't have been at the, he could have been at the freaking Playboy Mansion still drinking with playmates, but he had flown to Michigan to meet me. And now I was in jail and I didn't know where he was. I fell asleep on this strange woman's lap. And when I awoke to what was quote unquote breakfast, which was just basically, I think two pieces of white bread and maybe a juice box or like an apple or something. I don't know. I didn't touch it. Um, I did start inquiring about when I could leave. I waited hours and hours and I apparently, and apparently just outside the building, my Eddie was waiting hours and hours for me, but I didn't know this yet. I kept asking if anyone was there for me and they couldn't tell me which is so annoying and just so not fair. I wasn't released until around noon the next day. And as soon as I walked out the door, Eddie picked me up and swung me around like a princess. I sniffled and bleary eyed, looked at him in astonishment. I could not believe that he stayed and found his way to the jail to bail me out. He found a hotel near the place where we were pulled over and slept for a few hours. He got a paper map and asked the front desk where the jail was, and he mapped his route out in my car and picked up his jailbird. I still have the map that he used to find me in jail, and it's in our scrapbook, by the way. The next part was just as hard as the night before, you guys, because at our first dinner together with my family, I had to break the news that I spent last night in jail. They were horrified. And in disbelief, but surprisingly supportive. 
With that support, I was able to make it through the legal process of lawyering up and got my charges reduced and didn't get any probation, just a restricted license for three months. So let's break this down real quick. I just want to say that how crazy is it that like I'm at this dinner with my family. Oh, how was your first night together? Like blah, blah, blah. It was um, fine. By the way, I got arrested last night, spent last night in jail. So we actually didn't spend the night together at all. And I think it was just so surprising to them that they were just kind of in disbelief and it was not like me. So it's not like they were automatically mad. They were just shocked. Also, the breathalyzer, the official breathalyzers weren't working. So they kind of used that and the fact that I had a completely clean record to throw this out. And so it got, got knocked down to, I think, a misdemeanor. And I didn't get probation either. So that was great. I'm a good girl. I swear to God. And I have not been in trouble with the law since. And because of that, this makes a great and unfortunately true story that we love to tell to this day. Do you think anyone can top this first date story? You guys, this is so embarrassing, but I wanted to dive deep into the realm of embarrassment and check out the lessons that it teaches us. So I shared this cringe-worthy story and this embarrassing moment um, that has a, had a lasting impression on my life so that we could find solace together in the fact that we all stumble along this path of life, right? I'm thoroughly embarrassed. It was very irresponsible of me. But I also, it's just kind of weird because everybody at that time seemed like they were getting DUIs, not just in my small town, um, but also like in Hollywood, like I remember Khloe Kardashian got one, Lindsay Lohan, Nicole Richie, Paris Hilton. So I kind of felt like I was in this elite trashy, like I went to jail club, but that was like kind of like all the rage at the time, <laughs> or at least maybe that's what I told myself to feel better. But because this podcast is all about embracing cringy nostalgia and stories and things from our past and writing about it, just think about something horrible that's happened to you and think about how you can make it into a story, write it out and share it with other people for them to learn from. Because it's so important that we share things that have happened to us so that other people can learn from our mistakes. I do feel like this next generation, Gen Z, is not nearly as interested in going out and partying and drinking. And I think that's awesome. Bravo. Good for you guys. Keep up the good work. Stay away from drinking and driving. And I also, again, just want to reemphasize that I was never proud of this moment. I learned a lesson. And I have to tell you that to this day, I won't even have a single cocktail before getting behind the wheel. If I have a single drink, that means I'm not driving at all for 24 hours because I'm so paranoid after what happened to me after what I thought, you know, I was completely sober and maybe I was, maybe the breathalyzers did kind of screw me over. The cop was new to the force. He just needed a ticket. Those were things that I wondered about as well. It was also 2007 and we were in uh, a recession and I kind of felt like the state of Michigan needed a lot of money. So they kind of upticked their, their DUIs. I don't know random theories. 
that doesn't matter. The point is, is that I wrote it out. I turned the story around and I made it work for me. Not only did I get my boyfriend and now husband, but I also wrote a blog post that has been read thousands of times by people all over the world and I've made money from it. So take what happens to you, take things that you've done that are bad, learn your lesson, flip it and make it work for you. Thank you so much for joining me on this adventure. I have a really special episode for you guys next week. It's going to be a little bit longer. It's my first guest and I cannot wait to meet you guys here next week at that time. I will talk to you guys soon. Love, Lindsay.